grew down over his shoulders and twined round his chair and crept into the chinks of the floor his tears dropped and ran away in a little river to the great sea meanwhile his granddaughter grew up with no one to care for her except an old nurse who would sometimes give her a dish of scraps from the kitchen or a torn petticoat from the rag bag while the other servants of the palace would drive her from the house with blows and mocking words calling her tattercoats and pointing to her bare feet and shoulders till she ran away crying to hide among the bushes so she grew up with little to eat or to wear spending her days out of doors her only companion was a crippled goose herd the goose herd was a mad little chap and when she was hungry or cold or tired he would play to her so happily on his little musical pipe that she forgot all her troubles and would fall to dancing with his flock of noisy geese for partners now one day people told that the king was traveling through the land the king was to give a large formal party to all the lords and ladies of the country in the town nearby and that the prince his only son was to choose a wife from amongst the young girls in the party in due time one of the royal invitations to the party was brought to the palace and the servants carried it up to the old lord who still sat by his window wrapped in his long white hair and weeping into the little river that was fed by his tears but when he heard the king's command he dried his eyes and asked his servants to bring a large pair of scissors to cut him loose for his hair had bound him a fast prisoner and he could not move and then he sent them for rich clothes and jewels which he put on and he ordered them to saddle the white horse with gold and silk that he might ride to meet the king but he quite forgot he had a granddaughter to take to the party meanwhile tatakot sat by the kitchen door weeping because she could not go to see the grand doings and when the old nurse heard her crying she went to the lord of the palace and begged him to take his granddaughter with him to the king's party but he only frowned and told her to be silent while the servants laughed and said tatakots is happy playing with the goose herd let her be it is all she is fit for a second and then a third time the old nurse begged him to let the girl go with him but she was answered only by black looks and fierce words till she was driven from the room by the other servants with blows and mocking words weeping over her ill success the old nurse went to look for tatakots but the girl had been turned from the door by the cook and had run away to tell her friend the goose herd how unhappy she was because she could not go to the king's party now when the goose herd had listened to her story he bade her to cheer up and proposed that they should go together into the town to see the king and all the fine things 
and when she looked sorrowfully down at her bare feet, he played a note or two upon his musical pipe, so melodiously that she forgot all about her tears and her troubles. And before she well knew, the goose herd had taken her by the hand, and both of them started dancing. Even cripples can dance when they choose, said the goose herd. Before they had gone very far, a handsome young man, splendidly dressed, riding up, stopped to ask the way to the castle where the king was staying. And when he found that they too were going there, he got off his horse and walked beside them along the road. You seem merry folk, he said, and will be good company. Good company indeed, said the goose herd and played a new tune that was not a dance. It was a curious tune, and it made the strange young man stare at Tattercoats till he couldn't see her shabby clothes, till he couldn't see anything but her beautiful face. Then he said, You're the most beautiful girl in the world. Will you marry me? Then the goose heard smiled to himself and played sweeter than ever. But Tattercoats laughed, Not I! said she, you would be finely put to shame and so would I be if you took a goose girl for your wife. Go and ask one of the great ladies you will see tonight at the king's party and do not flout poor Tattercoats. But the more she refused him, the sweeter the pipe played and the deeper the young man fell in love. Till at last he begged her to come out that night at twelve to the king's party, just as she was with the goose herd and his geese. In her torn clothes, and bare feet, and see if he wouldn't dance with her before the king and the lords and ladies, and present her to them all as his dear and honoured bride. Now, at first Tattercoat said she would not, but the gooseherd said, Take fortune when it comes, little one. So, when night came, and the hall in the castle was full of light and music, and the lords and ladies were dancing before the king, just as the clock struck twelve, Tattercoats and the goose herd entered at the great doors and walked straight up the ballroom, while on either side the ladies whispered, the lords laughed, and the king seated at the far end stared in amazement. But as they came in front of the throne, Tattercoats' lover rose from beside the king and came to meet her, taking her by the hand. He kissed her thrice before them all and turned to the king. Father, he said, for it was the prince himself I have made my choice, and here is my bride, the loveliest girl in all the land, and the sweetest as well. Before he had finished speaking, the gooseherd had put up his musical pipe to his lips and played a few notes that sounded like a bird singing far off in the forest. And as he played, Tattercoat's shabby clothes were changed to shining robes sewn with glittering jewels. A golden crown lay upon her golden hair. And as the king rose to greet her as his daughter, the trumpet sounded loudly in honour of the new princess, and the people outside in the street said to each other, Ah, now the prince has chosen for his wife, the loveliest girl in all the land. But the goose herd was never seen again, and no one knew what became of him. While the old lord went home once more to his palace by the sea, for he could not stay at court, when he had sworn never to look on his granddaughter's face. So there he still sits by his window, weeping more bitterly than ever, and the river of his tears runs away to the great sea.